Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the new faces of the NFL found their new homes, recapping this year's NFL draft, UFC 274 live from Phoenix, Arizona, big sun hats, mint juleps, and horse racing, previewing the 148th Kentucky Derby. The chase for Lord Stanley's Cup begins into the second round of the NBA playoffs. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a cold and damp, chilly Thursday night, early May here in Delaware, Ohio. But that's uh, everything's cold to us. I like we, we had the wonderful opportunity to be in Vegas last week, not only for the draft, but for some sunshine and some warm weather. So yeah. I'm having a little trouble adjusting here. <laughs> um, like Colton said, we're going to go over the draft. Like I said, we got the we got the pleasure of attending again like we did three years ago in Nashville, and what a great time. And I got to tell you, fellas, the, the high point to me was just, just meeting fans like us and our listeners from all across the United States, you know, mm-hmm. um, just, just from, a good from time. all different teams. Different and, teams, different cities, just, right. you know, just a good time. And there, and there was a lot of fans in Vegas. I right, mean, it was right. a noticeable presence in a city that's, that's always busy anyway, but mm-hmm. everywhere you looked on – you know, Wednesday and Thursday, there was football jerseys everywhere. Yeah, so. Las Vegas Boulevard was, yeah. was covered with NFL memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. So. I, Matt, I know you want to give a shout out to some guys we met out there. Yeah, we met uh, some guys from uh, there from the Gotham City crew, uh, New, New Jersey or New York Jets uh, super fans there. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had a nice conversation with them and talked talked a lot about their group. And, you know, their group's doing some great things. Uh, look them up, check them out online. Uh, I know they, they have their own podcast, I'm sure. You can find them. I'm not sure exactly what the link is, but and we talked to them, and it was a good time. I also met some other fans. I, I met a few Cowboy fans that I enjoyed talking to because I'm, I'm a Cowboy fan myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, really, we like Rob said, we met fans from, from all over the country, all right. stages, and it's, yeah. it's always a good time to meet all those yeah, different types it, of people. As much as it was nice to, you know, talk to people, you know, fans of different teams, it was equally as, you know, great to talk to fans of, of the team that you're a fan of to yeah, kind right. of get their perspective on the team and, and see, you know, what they thought or who they thought, you know, the team might be taking and, and kind of the direction they thought that, you know, your favorite team might be going. So that was that was kind of nice, the, the camaraderie of it, of, of getting to, you know, know, you know, some people from, like you said, different places around the around the world or different different places around the U.S. that, you know, root for your same team that have a have a different perspective. So that's definitely, you know, was was a neat thing to, to see. So yeah. and definitely some some surprises in that, you know, early rounds. Um, I know we all kind of picked our guys that we thought were going in in order in the top 10 and you know, a lot of them we got right, maybe not necessarily in the correct order. I think I picked two correct in the correct order out of 10. So yeah, I think, um, I, I, think I was the winner. Out of, I think I got three in the yeah, top, yeah, top so, 10 correct. But, so. you know, it's that's all part of the game, too, you know, trying you – know, and you don't know what – you don't – we obviously don't have uh, – The inside scoop. Inside scoop <laughs> on what these, you know, front offices are thinking, but – well, you know, it makes it so hard because one one place out of, out of out of order and your whole thing's is, thrown yeah, out. Right, right, right. So, all right. Well, let's get in. Uh, Colton will let you start us out. Uh, give us give us a team you thought was a winner in the draft. Yeah. So, I mean, as as much as I you know loved being there and and loved you know rooting for for my team and that and that's the, the New York Jets. I, I think they come out of this one as as the big winner in in this draft. Um, you know, three it, three picks in the in the first round there. Um, you know, two in the top ten. You know, I, this was one of my picks that I did did get correct. They did go with, you know, with Sauce Gardner there with their pick number four. And then, you know, I thought that they would go receiver with that 10th pick. You know, I did have them taking the, the guy out of, out of Alabama, the wide receiver out of Alabama. But instead, you know, Garrett Wilson, who I think is probably the best receiver out of the out of the group. I mean, a lot of talented receivers there in that group, I think. Garrett Wilson is is above you know the rest of them. He was still available with that with that tenth pick. The Jets went out there and got him, got another weapon there for for Zach Wilson to to help his development. And then you know the big I think another surprise or big surprise was you know the the guy out of Florida State, Jermaine Johnson. You know slid all the way to you know late first round there. The Jets traded back into the first round mm-hmm. and, and scooped him up. Absolutely. And, you know after you know watching some stuff and you know kind of following uh, the Jets on the social media. They they wanted to draft uh, potentially Jermaine Johnson with their with one of their top ten picks that they had, but then they you know kind of had some reservations you know thought about it but then you know decided not to 
but you know they were able to you know still get him at, at 26 and I think that's a that's a that's heck a of a steal for for yeah. you know for them so you know I think I think even looking at some of their their later picks I mean they didn't have a pick after round four but looking at a lot of those you know picks that they made they they made they made sense you know I think that they really went out and got guys that fill holes for for needs that they need now I think and so I think it wasn't just a a draft strategy of, of picking best available or you know just who was ever you know on the on the board I think that they picked guys picked good guys that filled spots for for their team now you know if you could say you know the draft is uh you know it <clears throat> that you know the Jets won this draft that doesn't necessarily mean that they're winning the Super Bowl because <laughs> if that's if that's the case I think the Browns and the Jets would have multiple Super Bowls because uh, you know they have had some some decent drafts but they haven't always translated to success on on the field so well, and Ve- know, Vegas was really the perfect town for the draft because the draft is it's a gamble you're, right, you're, right. you're you're rolling the dice that the guy you're picking is going to be the guy gonna, to turn it around going to going to pan out and you know I I think you know, crazy statistic or, you know, something you can kind of think of is that maybe a quarter of these, you know, first round guys are probably even going to get a second contract mm-hmm. after their rookie deal. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, like you said, it's, it's a gamble. You never know. I mean, you're betting your franchise or you're putting your franchise on the, the shoulders of 18 to 21 year olds or whatever that are in this, in this draft. Uh, I mean, so any, anything is possible, but you know, if I had to pick, I, I think the jets, jets got the, got the win there. I, you know, I, I got another team I'm going to throw out at you, but I kind of had the Jets kind of in a tie with the other team I picked. And the big reason was Garrett Wilson, him still being there at number 10. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy that they're throwing out comparisons to like in his like performance and size and his ability with his hands and, and to press a defense like DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, and CeeDee Lamb. That's right. a pretty, pretty elite big, company yeah. right there. So, um, you know, just the ability to – to press a defense, to attack a defense, um, you know, he's, he's average size, but what he does with, with his physical abilities on the, on the field is, is pretty good. So, um, so the team I kind of had right side by side with the jets were, was the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. I think they got the absolute steal of the draft. Okay. Third round, 83rd pick overall in the Kobe Dean linebacker out of Georgia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know, you know, teams were, shying away because of the injury and and another thing i read that since he had this pec injury that um they nobody had a 40 time on him mm-hmm. and you know we've talked about how really important is your 40 right. time right you watch that guy move side to side on on the field he's, in that in that everywhere. game against michigan you know and we're talking you know michigan was a playoff team so you know one of the elite teams in the country last year right. and this guy just ate us up last year everywhere he was everywhere yeah, he on was, the field. i mean they just kept calling his number so mm-hmm. you know maybe a little bit undersized 511 225 but to me to, for him not to go till you know third round middle of the third round man that that to me that is the absolute steal of the draft for the philadelphia eagles yeah i think it's it's interesting because you know we we talk about the the injuries and that always comes into play when you know we're talking draft of players you know sliding back or you know Mm -hmm. moving up or you know whatever and it's interesting that he slid as far as he did you know uh with with that injury looking at you know david ojabo that you know the linebacker out of michigan who you know had a known injury injured himself at the pro day you know tore his achilles which may be big, a bigger issue, you know, than, than a torn peck, you know, in, in the NFL. So, but, but the Ravens still took the gamble or, you know, took him with the, with a second round pick. So I think, yeah, the Eagles definitely, I, I think got, got a steal there as long as that, you know, peck injury is not something that causes, you know, causes issues in the future. If, if, if everything is good, as far as his health goes, I think the Eagles definitely got, got a steal there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's not often all three of us agree, but I, I agree on the winning team being the Jets. Like like Colt said, their top three was outstanding. And then, you know, they they went out and they got their quarterback some extra help. They grabbed a tight end who many thought was going to be the top tight end or 1-2, mm-hmm. 1-A, 1-B in the draft. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jeremy Rucker, I'm a Buckeye fan, so I, I know what that guy can do. I'm surprised he was still available. Yeah. That that that, gets a, that kid's a stud. I couldn't yeah. believe he was still available. What, 101? Yeah, yeah. round one. three, 101. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, he can block, he can catch. He, he's got yeah. the whole game for a tight end. I think he's going to be great in the league. And then yeah. they also got themselves a really good running back there mm-hmm. a little later yep. who many thought would be one of the first running backs taken. So to get these value picks, Further down in the draft, I mean, yeah. they they did phenomenal, and they, right. 
picked themselves up an offensive tackle too, may be able to help. Yep. You know, buy their quarterback a little extra time, and yeah, I I, I think the Jets went all in and did a great job. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully, it pays off for them. I mean, that's a franchise that you know has been down. Colton knows he's been a loyal <laughs> fan, and it's just they've really struggled. Yeah, as yeah. of late, last it's, last decade and a half yeah, here has been yeah. uh, been been, been a major rough. disappointment. Tough so. to be part of Team Green. <laughs> yeah, I guess we talk about a winning team, so let, let's go kind of the the opposite of the spectrum. Who, who do we consider losers? We'll I, let you start that off, course. Yeah, yeah. I, I know for me, I I consider the New England Patriots. <laughs> biggest loser this entire draft yeah every, every pick just seemed like a reach mm-hmm. i mean the, their their number one pick was a guy that people said could be there still in the third round for them mm-hmm. and you know they they needed a guy like a cornerback or a linebacker that mm-hmm. you know that they could have addressed right then and there got a guy who may be able to contribute right away and, and they didn't go after him and get it so I, I i don't really understand what new england was doing but then again who am i who am i to say anything about what new england does because bill belichick always seems well, to it, get and I read get the most out of the I least. read something about that picked. that that kid that they took out of Chattanooga. He's the kind of lineman that that Belichick loves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, and he, and he's always been known for getting those guys that like nobody else fringe goes players after. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, nobody yeah, Belichick doesn't care about what everybody else has these guys right, ranked. Right, it's, but it's but I sees. agree with you, Matt. I think he still would have been there. Right. You know, round farther, round farther two or round three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, and I think I gotta gotta agree agree with Matt on this one. I gotta stick within the division and, and say that the loser was was the New England Patriots for me. I mean, and and a lot of the same reasons that you said there, Matt. It just seemed like players they were picking just really didn't fit the mold or just really didn't fit you know exactly what what they needed. And not just their first round pick, but even round two they went wide receiver. You know, Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor and. So far, Baylor wide receivers haven't really panned out here in, in the yeah, NFL. They're, they're speed guys right. who, who look great on paper. But... And, and, yeah, they, not only, you know, Baylor wide receivers, but, yeah, he I think he ran, like, the fastest 40 time of the receivers and things like that. And, and that's, that's so and far that has not really translated. Yeah, has not been a trend that has played out well for, for receivers right. of, of being, you know, outside of, you know, Tyreek Hill being, you know, a fast a fast guy. But even then, he's, he's still a, a good receiver and, and yeah. runs, you know, decent routes. So it's not just – how fast can I run? You still got to be able to break off and get, get, get some separation and run get, good routes. And, right. Right. So I think, yeah, just, just for me, you know, the Patriots then selected two running backs then later on. And I thought this is a department or, you know, a part of their team that they're already somewhat filled or, you know, full there with the running backs. And they picked two more up in, in, in you know, the fourth. And then I think again in the, in the sixth round. So I just think, yeah, a lot, a lot of the players just didn't really fit the need, but, yeah, who who are we to talk? I mean, the Patriots obviously have had a lot of success here in the last couple of decades. So, you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, it's a, it's a gamble. And, and the Patriots have, have found a way to, to, to make it work. Make those bets pay off. Uh, right. They, they, so, they were the ones who took Tom Brady. So. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. The biggest gamble, and, and it's paid dividends. Well, I had I had the, the Patriots up there, um, and I, I went a different route. I went to the Chicago Bears, and okay. I'll tell you why. All right. You know, last year they trade up to get their quarterback, they think, of the future in Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. And I think he has that potential to be that quarterback. So, to me, you got to go out and get, get some, help some help on the offensive line. Offensive line or some weapons right. or something. So, they, yeah. their first two picks were defensive backs, which I'm not saying in, they in don't league, need those. You do need it. They right, do. Yeah. They, exactly. But then in the third round, they take a chance out of a receiver out of Tennessee, this Vellis Jones, um, picked him at 71. And – Again, he's another guy. He's fast, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's about it. Yeah, I mean, he's unpolished to me as a receiver, mm-hmm. and he's he opted for that uh, basically like a sixth year of eligibility because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's come out. He's already twenty five years old. Yeah. Um, and and it, last season was his best season, but even that was only sixty two receptions for eight hundred and seven yards. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. To me. They waited then until the fifth round to take an offensive lineman mm. when, to me, Jones or a comparable receiver still would have been available right. in that fifth round. Right. So I, I just don't feel like they went and got the help that Justin Fields needs and the protection that Justin Fields is going to need going forward to be their quarterback of the future. Right, right. Yeah, and I think with the with the Bears, it wasn't like they did a whole lot. And it seemed like more players were leaving in free agency than they really were able to bring in for free yeah. agency. So, yeah, I'm not not expecting big things from, from the Bears. And, right. I mean, that's unfortunate for Justin Fields because, yeah, I mean, last year was 
obviously somewhat of a, of a disaster and you know it, it doesn't sound like year two is going to be much better, better so right. if it is it's going to be all on him right because... yeah he's going to have to throw the ball to himself i guess yeah. or you know try to run and, and gain yards as much as he can but yeah. uh yeah un- unfortunate for you know rookie rookie quarterback there <clears throat> but i also i did a winning player and a losing player so i'll just pick him out here okay. real quick yeah. cool. the, the winning player i had i had to be the number one overall pick in trayvon walker i mean he's a guy none of us even had in our top 10 i did i, I had him I, I had him in the top 10. I yeah. can't even remember exactly where. I had but, him at three. I know, I know a lot of people had him going, you know, mid, mid to even he, late first yeah, round. He, he, slid. Really, he slid. He climbed right up those boards. Right. Yeah, I mean, he was up right up there with Hutchison, you know, kind of midway through mm-hmm. the process and then started to kind of slide down right. everybody's board a little bit. And, I, and that was a surprising pick to me. It yeah. really was, Matt. I, well, agree. I I think a lot of people thought it was going to be Hutchison, but I mean Vegas had it right. They mm-hmm. they picked their 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 highest odds or their best odds for the the three to go in order were the three that went one two three. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Vegas clearly has has their ear to the ground. <laughs> Knows something that we don't. Right. But then, then or they're or they're paying somebody off to right, right, right. find out inside details. <laughs> right. But then to me the the losing player I, I think I actually said was actually a position group. It had to be the quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. You know we they had two guys sitting in the green room that were there until. Pretty much the end of day two mm-hmm. in, in quarterbacks of uh, Matt Corral and uh, Malik, Willis. Malik Willis. So, you know, that was sad there. And then, you know, even an established guy who was linked to the draft and Baker Mayfield not getting getting yeah, traded out of this whole They deal. said, you know, that deal I talked about was close. I thought he was going to, to, to uh, the, Panthers. the Can- Carolina Panthers there. And they said they were on the verge of making that deal. And I'm still not sure it's completely ruled out. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, the Panthers did draft quarterback. They did, you know, did pick up Matt Corral. They did, so, but, I don't you know, know, obviously he's not going to be ready to go. Yeah. I don't know what um, their, what their plans are. You know, like I said, I think, I think when you look at this QB class, yeah, I'm not sure that there's a single guy that, that's ready to, yeah, to it was, go. It was odd. The two guys that were the two QBs that were there in the green room and then, uh, Kenny, the, Kenny Pickett, then Kenny Pickett, who got picked know, in the first round, wasn't there, wasn't, wasn't there. there. So yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of strange. I don't know, <laughs> uh, you know, how that works out or who they even. I mean, maybe they, you know, extended the invitation and Kenny Pickett, right. you know, wanted to want to be know, with his family, family or, or you know, right. be back home or whatever. But and uh, then I, I'd, I'd love to hear some of our fans' take on on what they thought of the uh, the LSU cornerback uh, that was drafted in the first round, yeah. kind, of, kind of tossing his hat under the couch. Well, and... I don't know because then I went back and watched a different clip, and he and he had the hat on yeah. from the Texans. So huh. I don't know if somebody accidentally <laughs> handed him the wrong hat. Yeah, I don't or... know because it was weird it was that we a very weird view that we saw that. Sure. But then I haven't seen anybody talking about it on any <laughs> other, you know, sports network or any right, sports, right. you know, outlet that, that you know. That, Maybe they cut that part off and we only saw <laughs> yeah, that because we guess, were live. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that part wasn't televised <laughs> right, or something. Right. But we clearly saw it on the yeah. uh, on the jumbo. We, all there. three of us looked at each other like, yeah. <laughs> did that just yeah, happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, real quick before we move on, we did get to go to a pretty cool thing on Wednesday night. Um, yeah. We They had a little uh, meet and greet. And I, I, it's kind of an odd pairing, but it was uh, Aiden Hutchison with Matthew Stafford. So I'm assuming they have the same manager or same yeah, agent right. or something. We got to go into a pretty like intimate little setting with them, maybe only 50 people in the room and uh, got to get up close and personal with them and, and listen to them do an interview and kind of uh, share their story, share their stories about the draft, you know, Obviously, for Stafford, you know what, thirteen years ago or whatever, and yeah, his, you know his Aiden, career so far through the NFL. Yeah, and then and, Aiden just coming into it's it a pretty. Yeah. They did a good, nice job, and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, got get you know getting to see them, but you know, listen to Aiden talk. You look at him, and he's a man child, and you listen to him talk, and you can tell he's only twenty years old, but right. very right. you know, kind of a soft spoken kid, and and uh, but you can tell he's pretty green. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But I think yeah, at the same time, I think he's yeah excited to get to get oh, started. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's going back to going back home in in Detroit, playing for the Lions. Like I said, I think yeah. definitely- not sure that's where he wanted to be from that interview though, because well, it seemed like he. He had his eyes set on that number one overall. Right. Because well, then somebody said, well, how about Detroit? And he was like, oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Miss He just didn't want to throw shade on anybody, I don't right, think. Right, right, right. You know, um, but, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. But, yeah, like you say, I think a good a good situation for him going back home, you know, being, you know, close to home and things like that and playing for a coach that, you know, just has that, that fire, that intensity. And I think that's the same player you're getting – 
getting in Aiden Hutchison. There's right. going to be no no plays off. He's going to give you give you everything he's got on, on you know from day one. And so. Honestly, as a team, I think they're closer to being competitors than Jacksonville anyway. Oh so yeah, definitely. I'd be happier. To yeah, be I, th- there I think he went to a much better team. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, real quick, we're gonna get into the uh, octagon here a little bit and talk about UFC 274. There's actually two title bouts. Um, on the docket for Saturday night, like Colton said in Phoenix, Ohio. The first one being the men's lightweight title bout. Uh, Colton, you want to get us kicked off here? Yeah, so we got the the light the white lightweight uh, title fight there. Is that uh, what I said, or did I say light heavyweight? Yeah, light lightweight. Yeah, yeah title it's a lightweight fight. title. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so we got uh, you know the the one seed or you know the one the number one ranked uh, fighter and and Justin Gaethje coming in at uh, 24 and three versus. The, the title holder, the belt holder in, in Charles Oliveira at 32 and eight with, with one no contest. So this one's going to be exciting. I think it's going to definitely be, uh, you know, one, one, you know, that you're definitely going to, going to want to tune into to, to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously Oliveira has, as you know, held this belt for, for a while. Nobody has really been able to compete with him here, here as of recent. I mean, he's coming into this fight on a 10, 10 fight win streak wow. has already defended this belt twice and mm-hmm. has taken down, you know, both of the opponents in kind of strange fashion because in, in both of those fights, it looked like he was going, he was going down. I mean, he was against the ropes. I mean, he, he, the, the his opponents looked like they, they had him, had Dominating, him, you know, had yeah. him going. And then he just got a second win, got, you know, found, found the, you know, the, the I guess turned it on or whatever and was able to, you know, submit and, and get, get, get the win. Yeah. So <clears throat> I got a little stat on that too. Like, um, and that, that might be kind of his almost like his game plan because 63% of his wins have come by submission mm-hmm. as, as opposed to, you know, Justin the challenger at 83% of his wins have come by KO or TKO. Right. So, so kind of contrasting styles. Contrasting styles yeah. there. So we'll, I think that'll be an interesting fight to watch. Right. Um, right. Matt, what you yeah. got? Yeah. I think, like you said, it, if, if this thing goes to the ground, I, I think it's definitely heavily in Oliver's favor, you know, he actually has the most submission wins by any fighter in the history of UFC at yep. 15, 15 yep. wins by submission. So wow. this, this guy's a master at his craft when right. it comes to that. And if this thing goes to the ground, I, I think he'll, he'll take it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think at the same time, the last two fights have been kind of these contrasting styles where, you know, on one end you got, you know, the guy that's really kind of more of a knockout, you know, kind of punch guy. And then, you know, all of their, obviously the, the submission guy. So I think, he, the last two times, yeah, like I said, he's he's been up against the ropes. It looks like these, you know, these these guys that are you know knockout fighters have, have him out, have him you know down for the count, and then he, you know, flips it, reverses it, you know, right. does whatever he does. Yeah, and, to and, me, if you're gonna go down on the ground with him, you better make sure you're gonna finish him. Right, because right. He gets you down on the ground, and he can reverse you and, 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 and get that submission. Before you know hold. it, yeah, you're yeah, you're, you're tapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely gonna be be interesting there, and then. The other, you know, other title fight in over in the over in the women's division, uh, the strawweight title fight, and that's uh, between the the champion in uh, Rose Namajunas at twelve and four versus uh, Carla Esparza coming in at uh, nineteen and six. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this is going to be going to be an this interesting be one. Um, you know, the, these two actually fought um, in the uh, UFC uh, the uh, Ultimate Fighter season twenty finale. Actually, the mm. the, the title fight for that. Uh, with with uh, Carla Esperanza coming coming out on top in in that one, um, and and as of late, Rose has been kind of on a uh, revenge tour, if if you will. Here, um, the last couple of fights that she's she's been a part of, she's gotten revenge on on people that have beaten her previously. So we'll see if if that you know trend can can continue. I mean, she's one one bad woman to to mess with, yeah. um, you know, and and it, it's been kind of a emotional roller coaster for here for her to get back to being the champ, um, but. You know, I, I like her chances here um, against Carla. So yeah, and just for for the, our listeners' information, straw weight is one hundred six to one fifteen for these you know female athletes. So, but yeah, I mean they they, they get, still throw they, it. They they get after it, right, man. They right. they get after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I found it interesting even how long these two have been been fighting in the UFC. I, yeah, I mean uh, as far as it was champion clear back in twenty fifteen. So mm-hmm. I mean been some time but i think their careers have kind of been trending in slightly different directions where yeah. rose has been uh dominating recently and as far as you know she's she been kind of up and fights, down but up and down yeah. so i mean I, I think it'll make for an exciting championship bout here yeah though. absolutely Again, this is kind of maybe some contrasting top styles as well with rose getting 55 percent of her wins by submission mm-hmm. and as far as uh, she's kind of spread it out 21 mm-hmm. percent by ko 
21% by submission and 58% of her wins by decision. Okay. So, so she's one to kind of like, she can go the distance. Out. So yeah, if this, likes to grind it out and, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, maybe worry yourself out and just kind of outlast Shoot you for a little bit. Find her right moment to, to strike kind of thing. Yeah. So. so should be, should be some good fights. I know Colton, you'll probably, probably get be getting it watching it saturday night so yeah that'll be that'll be that'll be some fun a good fights to watch i think yeah really. a good i think a good main card all the way up up and down even some of those yeah. you know lesser fights on the main card i think are still going to be be pretty interesting to tune into so okay, a, good. a good card from from top to bottom i think yeah all right very good well let's move on to the derby um this, you know horse racing's not something we talk about a lot unless it's derby time so mm-hmm. you know this is kind of our derby show if, if you will um you know that the, the, of course the odds are going to change. You know as as we get closer, and the betting lines will change a little bit. But right now you got Zandon at three to one um, mm-hmm. as the favorite, Epicenter at seven to two, Messier at eight to one. You got two horses at ten to one, and Mo Donegal and White Abario. So you know I think, but you know going into that Derby, I, you know a lot of times that those top two or three favors aren't the ones that come out usually on come out right. on top and. Yeah. You know, we were talking a little bit before the show. The weather's not going to be good. So, you know, how's your horse run on a wet track? and In the mud and all the the wind and all that. Right. In the cold weather, it's not supposed to be maybe, what, mid-50s or something? Yeah, maybe slightly into the 60s. We do know one trainer that won't win this year. Bob (laughs) Baffert's been banned. Won't won't even be at the track. Won't even be at the track. So, uh so I think it's going to be interesting to to watch these these horses run. So Matt, you want to give me your take on the Derby? Yeah, like, like you said, with with Bob Baffert being out, you know, I, I think then you got to go to the next <laughs> the next biggest legendary trainer who's going to have a horse that's got a real shot here. And, and I, I like a Todd Pletcher there as that trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got, like I said, Mo Dangle is the, the mm-hmm. his best horse. His current odds right now are ten to one. You know, I, I think you got to like those those shots, but he's also trained two other horses that are in this race. He's got Charged at twenty to one and uh, Pioneer of Medina at thirty to one. I know there's some long shots, but you know, in the Derby, anything can yeah. happen. And you got a trainer, you got a trainer like Todd Pletcher, who's had a Hall of Fame career and mm-hmm. he's won a couple of Derbies already himself. Right. You know, I, I think that speaks volumes for what these horses can do, especially with with without having the Baffert trained horses in this mm-hmm. thing, you know, it's anybody. I, I think it, it helps a ton. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, you're, you're kind of spot on and it, and it's kind of strange going into this because usually in the, in Derby's past, you have like a real clear cut, favorite mm-hmm. yeah. here we got you know kind of a jumbled mess towards the yeah, top of a, a, a lot of 10 to 1 yeah. 20 to 1 I right mean, right thing. you know even a couple of horses that have kind of fluctuated as being the favorite then not the favorite another horse taking over as a favorite it just seems like it's a pretty i don't know wide open field i feel like than, than maybe in years in years past so i think it you know it, it's going to be an exciting you know they call it the best the best two minutes in in sports or yeah. you know whatever so Most exciting yeah so it's a you know obviously the the first leg of of the triple crown so you know we'll see if if whoever comes out on top can you know continue that into the you know the preakness and the the belmont stakes but uh you know quarter a mile and a quarter track so it's a little bit longer than than most you know horse horse races or some of the longer um you know tracks around there so definitely going to be going to be interesting i think um once one stat that you know i want to want to throw out there maybe even a couple of stats i got there and you know the, the the favorite or one of the favorites that, that's been kind of in and out of the lineup, and that's uh, Epicenter. He's starting in in post uh, three in gate three, which is not not good because uh, you know the top top three post positions are one for a hundred and two in, mm-hmm. in in all the runnings of of the you know the Kentucky Derby mm-hmm. here, and and so those those first three you know positions are are really tough to to get out of the gate and, and, and make a push. Um, so. Be interesting to see if if you know the fav one of the favorites can 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 change that trend and you know the trainer for epicenter he's zero and twenty three in in Kentucky Derby so I mean wow. he's been he's been there he has the experience he knows and he he's actually Obviously placed he has good horses he's placed pretty high he just hasn't been able to get over that hump of, of actually taking home the taking home the first place prize so uh, I, I think you know one one last stat to to look for though. In the past eight eight runnings of, of the Kentucky Derby, the horse that finished first was no worse than third going into the first half mile of the track. So okay. if your horse is not in the top three by that first half mile, it's not a very good, you know, good chance that your horse is gonna gonna pull it out. Now, obviously the, the conditions are, you know, crazy this weekend for, for the as far as the weather goes. So, you know, maybe we'll see something something different, but 
just a trend that has been, you know, at the last couple, you know, Kentucky derbies. If your horse ain't in that top three after the first half mile, you, you might want to, yeah, hedge your bet there. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll so see one of these days I'll be out there. That's definitely a bucket list of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's something that's right there. Um, and I'll see if I can recoup some of my <laughs> loss from Vegas last week on the Derby. So yeah, absolutely. See if I can get right here. Yeah. Well, apparently we got to have Tammy make the bet. Right, right. She like does she... much better, much better picking horses. <laughs> picking the horses. Yeah, so. she, she likes the cute name. So, um, all right, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. Uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. We're going to move on to the NHL playoffs and the race for Lord Stanley's Cup. You know, we got eight playoffs going on right now. Um, a couple of them have already, your two first round, couple games in on some of these. Um, there's games tonight. I know uh, we'll start off with the, with the, with the series that's already, you know, into it by two matches here. The first one, Got the Hurricanes up 2-0 on the Boston Bruins. Give me your thoughts on that series. Is that the way? Is this going to be over early? Yeah, I, I'm a bit surprised. I mean, game one was Hurricanes 1-5-1. Game two wasn't much different. Hurricanes 5-2 in that in that second game. Yeah. And I, I'm a little bit little bit surprised. I thought I thought I, I didn't know that Boston would be able to maybe win the series, but I just thought it would be a little bit more competitive. You didn't think it'd be yeah. giving up five goals, right? I thought they'd be a little bit, little bit tighter match or a little bit tighter, you know, tighter games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Hurricanes look look like a strong team coming into this, wow. and, and, yeah. and the Bruins are are searching for answers at this point. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think much changes here. I, I think Carolina's offense is hitting on all cylinders, and you're yeah. scoring five goals a game in the playoffs. I know it's just two, two, two games so far, but I mean, well, I mean you know, and they're the only game. team that's up 2-0. All the rest right. of these are split mm-hmm. right now. Um, yeah. And talking about the next one in the Lightning and, and Toronto split at 1-1. One, one to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, give me your thoughts on the Lightning and the Toronto series. Yeah, I, I really don't know what to make of this series <laughs> so far because uh, Toronto won game one. They came out one 5 nothing, But then yeah. Tampa Bay turned around and showed their grit. They won game two at 5-3. Right. So, and both yeah, these teams go back shown, to Tampa now. Yeah, and both yeah. these teams have shown they can score. You know, right. but Tampa Bay's got that that history of the championship pedigree. Right. I, don't, I don't think they're going to go lightly. Right. I, I think this is a series that probably goes the distance. Yeah, it could yeah. could go game and seven. I, and I, to me, the winner of that series is the one that moves on through the rest of the way. I okay. Think yeah. That to me, it's either you know Toronto or Lightning. That okay. Take, takes that to represent that side of the field there. Yeah, so, the, the east side there. Yeah, the east. Um, and then we got the wild tied at one-to-one with the, with the Blues. Colton, what do you think about what's going on here? Yeah, I think that series, you know, definitely, um, you know, definitely an interesting one there. I mean, the Blues came out, pitched, pitched a, you know, a shutout in the first game for, for nothing. Um, and then the uh, Wild came back and found their offensive mojo and won six to two in the in the yeah. game too. That's so some high scoring game. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, you know, talking about all these series or whatever, it, it, it's just tough. Like, if you don't have it figured out by playoff time, like it's just not you're not gonna figure it yeah. out. Like, there's just not enough time to mm-hmm. really figure it out here in the in the playoffs. Like, you got to have somewhat you know know what what's going on or you know have kind of your lineup set your your you know have your goalies playing well, you know, everybody kind of hitting on all cylinders or, you know, there, there's no time to, to really practice to get, you know, get, get things going or, you know, kind of turn things around. So mm-hmm. it's really going to be, you know, how, how do you start out? How, how do you get going? You know, or how did, how did you, how did you finish the season coming, coming into this, coming into the playoffs? So, but yeah, definitely that, that, you know, blues and wild series. I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting one, obviously uh, going back to St. Louis now mm-hmm. tied, tied one to one. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's hard to predict some of these, some of these series just right. because, you know, one game that the team blows out the team, the next game, the other team blows out the other mm-hmm. team. It's just kind of yeah. hard to see who's, who's, you know, who's what, or, you know, who, who really is the, the superior team in the, in the series. So, yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of these game ones, 
you can kind of chalk up to playoff jitters. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you don't take as much away from that game one as mm-hmm. maybe you would the game two where, right. you know, these teams are set in. Now they know the game plan. They, they know, know who they're, they're playing. They're, yeah. you know, they're... So, you know, I, I think maybe you take a little more from the, these game two wins that, where the teams bounce back, right. got got the win just as big as they lost the first game. Right, right. And, and maybe you see those teams skate on Press to, forward. to more victories. Yeah. Well, right. The only other one that's into it might into it two games now are the Kings and the Oilers and they're split one apiece as well. So, right, right. Um, you know, I don't, I, gosh, like you said, it's just so hard. You can't get a feel for what these teams are doing yet because mm-hmm. they've been all over the place. Right, right. Yeah. Game, game one of that one, you know, the Kings come out, they win, they win four to three in, in kind of a tight, tight game or whatever. And then game two, they get, they get shut out to six to nothing by, by, you know, the Oilers win, win game two. So going back to, you know, going back to Los Angeles now, we'll see, mm-hmm. you know, what, what happens, but, uh, you know, I think just, yeah, a lot of interesting hockey, a lot, a lot of competitive hockey, which I think is good, good for the sport. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I could see a lot of these series potentially going, you know, going further, yeah, six, further seven. than, you know, uh, other than know. that hurricane Boston series. I, yeah, I think most of these are probably going to go the distance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we want to talk about the, the other series that maybe yeah. are just a, a game, game into all it. games tonight. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh's up one Oh on the, on the New York Rangers at this point, you know, uh, got one, got a win the other night, and uh, they'll, they'll face off again tonight. Matt, you want to give me the rundown on that? Yeah, I think Pittsburgh took game one, uh, overtime winning, Tri- uh, triple overtime, triple yeah. overtime, yeah. yeah, winning, winning the game four three. Yeah. So, and that that was definitely a battle. It could have gone either way. Right. So you know, I, I think New York's definitely still strongly in that thing. Right. Obviously, just one game down. So. Yeah, and they're they're currently playing playing right now. Uh, the first period just ended they're tied one to one so yeah. I, I think this is going to be a tight out, of, out of all the series i think this is going to be the best be the one. best one i think uh i think it really could go could go the full distance in, in game seven and it's going to be i think a bloodbath you know um throughout it's going to be a tight tightly hot you know contest throughout yeah. and, you know throughout. My, my personal opinion if, if pittsburgh doesn't get out of the first round here mm-hmm. they're, they're getting older i think it's time to blow that thing up and, mm-hmm. and start start anew for yeah. pittsburgh yeah. yeah could could be all right next up i got uh, i got the panthers down one nothing against the, the capitals um you know the, are the caps moving in the right direction uh, is you know one one game enough to see for you guys that they're going to take this series or or do the Panthers come back? Yeah, I think this is another another series that yeah, I think obviously we expected the Panthers to to kind of dominate this one just looking at kind of the standings yeah, and yeah. And, the, and the points and things like that. Obviously coming into uh coming into the playoffs as one of the best teams in in not only their their division or in their conference, but one of the best teams in in hockey altogether and you know, the Capitals find a way to get get game 1, you know, taken care of when when 4 to 2 and they're uh, currently underway as well, about uh, about midway through the first period, and it's tied ball game zero 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 currently. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I expect the Panthers to to, to figure things out. Um, you know, the the Capitals are kind of dealing with dealing with some injuries here to to some of their major players. I, I think the Panthers, you know, figure it out that they get 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 some wins, rattle off some wins here, and and take the series. Yeah, that that one nothing actually. The Caps getting that win really surprised me. I guess I thought if there was going to be a sweep in this first round that that was kind of my pick as a sweep obviously that's not going to happen but Mm -hmm. i think that i still expect the panthers to go on a pretty good run here and and get this series taken care of i don't know i could potentially see washington pulling this thing out Mm -hmm. just really because i i think bob's demons are catching up to him again he gave up three goals in that third period Mm -hmm. they had that game firmly in hand and Mm -hmm. It's just it's those playoff jitters when it comes to Bob. They yeah. just yeah. I don't know. It's just something he can't seem to get it done there. And those demons have got to be creeping into his head when <laughs> oh, you give yeah. up three goals in the third right. period. Yeah, and absolutely. To lose a game into a to a veteran team like Washington, they're right. they're, they're going to capitalize when, on when, this. when they smell the blood in the water. They're they're going to they're going to go that. for yeah. it. So. Absolutely. All right. The other one I got here, the Predators are up one zero on one zero on the Avalanche. We actually got to talk to some Avalanche fans while we were out in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. They were. Broncos fans and also Avalanche fans, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they uh, they're kind of worried about this series. I think talking to them, what's what's your thoughts on it, Colton? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think uh, they should be too too worried about it. I mean, game one, the Avalanche won seven seven to two in that one, so I think uh, definitely they uh, dominated there from from the gate, and I think. Definitely one that uh, you know the Avalanche are probably the next you know best team there yeah. in the hockey behind the behind the Panthers and 
definitely looking to, you know, make, make a run here in the playoffs. I mean, they've had some great teams here the last, you know, several seasons, but just have not been able to get over the hump to, to, you know, really dominate themselves or set themselves apart in the, in the playoffs. So I, I look for this one to possibly be, be a, a sweep in the, in the series go up, you know, four Oh, maybe I mean, to score seven goals. I right. Mean, that's, that's pretty that's, impressive. That's an offense. That, that's, that's, that's on all cylinders, And they have been all year long, right. right? They've been scoring left and right all year long. They're, yeah. they're just continuing that. I, I, like like Colton said, this thing could be a sweep or probably no more than five games. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right, one more to go here. Uh, the Flames in Dallas. You know, this is another series that's that's one zero. Give me your thoughts on this, Matt. Yeah, I mean, this one, that game one was one to nothing. So I, you're looking at this thing, and it could go either way. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I don't know a ton about either of these teams. I'll yeah. admit that right now. But right, right. I mean, you you look at that result in game one, and I mean, it was a battle the whole game, mm-hmm. a one zero victory. It, I think game two is going to tell you a lot about how the series is going to go. Mm-hmm. If Calgary had an early exit last year, didn't they? When yeah. They were, they were one of the favored teams coming in and I think got put out in the first round last year. So mm-hmm. they may have a bit of a chip on their mm-hmm. shoulder, I think. Right. You know, not one to – not one to take an early trip home, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes for them. But if, so. if they want to keep advancing in, the, in this playoff, they're going to have to get an offense going because right. a lot of these other teams, they're scoring, they're scoring well. Scoring left and right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Calgary, I think for me, is, is maybe – I don't know if you can even call them a dark horse because they're, you know, I think maybe the third best team in hockey right now. Um, so I don't, I don't even know if you can call them a dark horse, but they're one of those kind of – I don't know sleeper teams, if you will, that that not many people are are, are talking about. Um, and they came into this, you know, I talk about who's hot coming into this, coming into this, you know, playoffs. And and Calgary was was one of them that that yeah. you know rattled off a, a ton of wins in a row. You know, just winning a lot of their you know games there in the last you know last quarter of the season. So I like Calgary. I, you know, I do agree with Matt. They're going to have to obviously score more than one one goal going forward in these games to be competitive with yeah, some the of these. Way these other teams are scoring. Right. I think that they're definitely going to have to find their offense to, to really, you know, make a run here in the playoffs. But, you know, I like, I like Calgary to, to possibly, you know, come out of the, come out of the West and, mm, and represent right. the West in, in nice. the Stanley cup. So. All right. Very good. All right. Well, the last on the slate, here's the NBA playoffs. Well, you know, there's, there's one in the second round, two games into the second round. Um, I think, you know, to me, the the fun the funnest games to watch so far because they've really been the closest have been that the Grizzly versus Golden State series. You know, it's split one to one right now. Um, game one, Golden State took by one point, one seventeen to one sixteen, and then the Grizz come back in game two and got a win just by five points. So mm-hmm. that's been entertaining to watch. Kind of the old guard versus the new guard to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the up and comers against the tried and true. So. Give me your thoughts on, on that series going forward. Yeah, we, we, we want to talk about a bloodbath. Right. I mean, this series, holy cow. I, I hope everybody just makes it out of here and they got all their limbs attached <laughs> yeah. because uh, game one, I mean, it, it you know, Draymond gets thrown out of the game, you know, and, and then game two, I mean, Dylan Brooks, uh, you know, knocks a guy, you know, knocks, goes up, you know, the guy going up for a layup, hits him in the head, the guy breaks his elbow, he's out for, you know, at least a month is what they're saying wow. now. Um, you know, Draymond gets – hitting the eyeball. I mean, his eye swells up to the point where he can almost not see out of it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. this thing has just been, you know, a physical, a physical battle, but, you know, has been, I think, like, like dad said, the, the best series out of them all. Um, and, and so for me, it, it's interesting because, you know, that game one, obviously the Warriors win, win by a point, but you know, the Grizzlies take it back in, in game two, but I, I think you got to look at it and you got to say, man, even even in that game too, where the Warriors they shot eighteen percent from the three point line, wow. they still only lost by five points. Yeah. Like that, that for me has, has to be concerning for for the Grizzlies that yeah. you know they weren't able to really blow them out or they you know that because that's the Warriors game. I mean that that three point line is, right. is you know their bread and butter kind of thing. So for them to shoot that bad from from three point line and and, and to only win by you know a measly five points. That doesn't give me great confidence now going back to mm-hmm. Golden State that, you know, the Grizzlies are going to be able to really get this thing done. But, you know, who, who knows? I, I think definitely yeah, the, the Grizzlies have the team. They have the young bodies to, to throw at the throw at the Warriors. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think that this 
series could be could be the one that, that goes game seven. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you what, I'm enjoying watching. This is yeah. playoff basketball of right. old. This is right. Jordan era yeah. basketball. Yeah. These these guys are going at it. Right. You know, they're, they're contacts. They're fighting through injuries. They're, Flip, they're flipping off hard. the fans yeah. and getting yeah. the fans involved. Yeah. And yeah, this is what I grew up loving. This <laughs> right. this is basketball to me. This yeah. is good stuff. Yeah. But, like you said, it, Golden State's not going to shoot 18% too often from right. the three-point line. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be huge. They're going to be back in it shooting the threes probably more in that yeah, 30, 30 40 percent so, Right, right, yeah, back at home. That home court. Yeah, home but, court uh, rim and everything. I'll yeah. tell you, after these first two games, the, the team that loses this series is going to be kicking themselves right. for, for either of those first two games. I mean, Memphis had game one firmly in yeah. hand and, yeah. and they blew let Golden State get back in it. So, yeah, you know, who, whoever ends up losing this series is going to look back at game one and game two and saying, we had one. We, yeah, we yeah. should have been able to take it. Right, right. right. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's move on to the well, – let's do um, Suns versus Mavericks. This is a series that's 2-0. Um, really not surprised. Mm. Um, you know, as, as, as much, Colton, I know as you like – like the Mavericks, even even Jason Kidd has said Doncic can't do it on his own. Right. Yeah, no, this has definitely been a uh, you know disappointing series or diff- disappointing for showing for the Mavericks role players or you know kind of their their secondary players behind Luca. I mean, Luca's done everything he he possibly can. I mean, scored forty seven or forty five in that in that first game and then came back with you know thirty something in, in game two. But just yeah, not not you know hasn't been the the same. But I I think at the same time we're just we're seeing this Suns team now come to life. I mean, they, 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 they're they're yeah, they're, they're the team that has been the best throughout the in, the regular season, and they're they're, 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 they're showing yeah. why in the in well, this I mean, playoffs. You know, and, and the Mavericks, they got to come up with they got to slow them down. They've given up 121 and 129. Yeah, in back to back. And the Mavericks were one of the best teams when it comes to defense. Yeah. You know, in the in the regular season coming into this playoffs and did a heck of a job in, in that series against Utah at limiting limiting their opportunities and, and point scoring. But the Suns, man, they just are like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. They just click on every, you know, all cylinders and just get scoring from anybody and everybody. It's just, you know, one of those things that a very well-balanced team and, you know, don't rely on just one particular guy to, to go out there. They can rely on several different guys when they need a clutch bucket or they need, you know, a couple buckets. They, they have somebody they can go mm-hmm. to and they just keep, keep feeding that person and, 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 you know, they, they run with it. So yeah, yeah, this, this Suns team is looking, looking dangerous and, and, and trying to avenge that, you know, um, finals loss last year and, and, and get Chris Paul as his first finals. And really, really the biggest news of this series to me is that Booker's back from that short injury and and he's showing no signs of it really affecting. He had a huge game two in this series and he's just, he's he's playing basketball like he has been all year, just Mm -hmm. dominating on the court. And that's good to see because I think what was it a hamstring injury he had mm-hmm. yeah. and, and those typically tend, tend to linger and can really affect guys but right, you know right. it looks like he's getting right playing through this through thing and, and yeah and, and playing peak basketball right. right before we go on to the other series that's tied let's talk about uh the Miami Heat and uh Philadelphia 76ers um you know I told you I've been touting the Sixers <laughs> since the middle of the season this was my NBA championship team but man when Joel went down with that orbital fracture, it's like, ah, oh, there goes, there goes my winner. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of proven to be true. They're down 2-0 to the heat. Um, they haven't looked good. I don't think. No, um, they look lost out there they with, do. without their and, big fans. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's talk of maybe they can get him fitted with a mask, maybe have him back for game three or game four. But at that point, you know, you're already down 2-0. I don't know. You go I, down in game if he's not able to go game three. You go down three zero. Is it really right? Is it worth? I mean, is it is it really worth? I know he out? wants to play. Like I right. said, to me, he seemed like a man on a mission all season. Right, right. Uh, and you just hate to see that for a guy. Whether whether you're a fan of Phila or Joel Embiid or not, you just you don't want to see the you know a, a team or a guy's playoff chances but that just, ended because. But that's the nature. That, of it. that seems to be the trend for not only yeah. the 76ers but Joel Embiid himself. The last several playoffs yep. has been like. They've been a dominant team through the regular season. You know, Embiid has stayed somewhat healthy through the regular season. Then it comes playoff time and this, you know, a freak Something. accident happens and, and it it's all done from there. And so it's just, you know, one of those things that, yeah, I don't know. Philly has bad luck. They they made somebody mad. They got a curse <laughs> on them or something. Yeah. I have no idea, but it just, yeah, unfortunate. But, yeah, they just – they don't look like they have an answer for the heat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it game two – 
you know, game one, they looked completely lost from the jump. They never right. really recovered. Game two, it was, even though they lost by 16 points, it, they, they seemed somewhat competitive or, you know, had stretches where they, they you know, were, were figuring things out. But as soon as they got kind of close, the Heat had an answer and just right. went on a run and, and, and just, you know, were, them out. Yeah, were able to, you know, close them out. And, yeah, just a lot of matchup nightmares for, for Philly that they just have not been able to, you know, and one of them being Bam, Bam Adebayo. They yeah. just have no – no answer for him. And, 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 and our, our sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, has been lighting it up for yeah. the Heat, too. So, yeah, I agree with Colton. There just doesn't seem to be – Philadelphia just doesn't seem to be able to, to respond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so with uh, Embiid out, does this kind of give Harden a pass for how this team's looking? Or, or should he really be shining more here? And, well, I mean, and he's got to. If they got team. any chance, I think he has to at this right, point. Right, right. I'm just not sure he's got, him, got it any – yeah, I think it's just it's one of those things that, you know, maybe he wasn't particularly ready for it because he's been so used to being, you know, having Embiid there as kind of his, you know, I, I would say it's Embiid's team. It's not Harden's right. team. Mm-hmm. It, it's Embiid's team. So Embiid has been the, the leader, has been the go-to guy or whatever. So Harden has kind of had to take more of a back seat. Now all of a sudden, you know, Embiid goes he's down thrust into and the... now he's thrust into it. Not to say that Harden shouldn't, you know, be able to figure that out or you know he's he's had that in the past of being the superstar or whatever mm-hmm. so it shouldn't be too relatively new for him I just think that yeah it's it's kind of a, a change of pace that you know I don't know you know obviously I'm not an NBA guy so I don't know you know I don't know to flip that switch right. what, you what know it takes what, to... and obviously Harden's not as young as he used to. I mean he's up there up there a little bit ways you know in, in age so it's different different you know for for him of, of having to you know, switch back into being that superstar again and just and that, something that I think a role that he just hadn't been used to the whole season. So right. it's it's kind of a new new territory for, you know, but but like Dad said, I think he has to be that superstar if, if the 76ers want to have any chance of, of you know, staying well, alive. I don't think, Matt, to answer your question, I don't think you can put it on him. When you lose, when you lose a guy the caliber right. of Joel Embiid, I yeah. don't think you you can expect as good as hard Harden has been in the past, I don't think you can expect. Well, and I to, think just on the to the, eat up all that slack. Just, right? uh, I mean, Harden can obviously pick up as much as he wants on the offensive end, but when it comes to defense, when you yeah, got a guy that's seven seven foot, you know, if it, Harden can't guard, you know, the bigs for Miami, right. I mean, he's just not that style. I mean, right. only you know in his, you know six foot or whatever. So I mean, he's he's a short guy. So it's 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 two different players or whatever. So when you lose an anchor not only on the offensive end but on the defensive end as well you know Harden has never really been known for his defense anyways no. but but you know obviously a lot smaller guy that just isn't able to match up with the bigs to help on that defensive end of the, of the court so yeah yep. all right last game uh, and this is you know one I think is is going to be an interesting one going forward to watch and that's the Boston Celtics against the Milwaukee Bucks. This series is split one to one. Game one, the Bucks took one hundred one to eighty nine, and then uh, Boston flipped it on them in game two, won one hundred nine to eighty six. So and like almost a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing for mm-hmm. for Milwaukee. Um, you know, I, I like this series. I think this is a fun, some fun games to watch. The Celtics, you know, really juggle that line. They, they don't play big. They play a lot of smalls. They don't have that dominate dominant big guy mm-hmm. that can guard Jonas, you know, and he, and he, so he's going to get his points. Right. Right. I think the key for them is to limit everybody else, mm-hmm. make, you know, go, make somebody else beat you. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's going to get, he's going to get his, you know, 28, 18 and you know, right. whatever every night. So I, I, you know, I don't know. It, it's be fun to see how, how the Celtics can can counteract that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think a big part of that is getting getting Marcus Smart back for for Game Three. Every, everything that I'm hearing, there more than likely he's going to be back for for Game Three, and obviously Defensive Player of the Year, and 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 guy that can guard all five positions. Even if he does give up a lot of height to he just has that that grit, that tenacity mm-hmm. that he don't he doesn't care who who's yeah. guarding. He just goes in there and he bothers you no yeah. matter what you know, no matter who you are, what you do how many points you score. He's going to go in there and give you, you know, as much as he can on that, on that defensive side of the side of the ball. So I think that's a big, big key for, for Boston going back to Milwaukee here. But yeah, I think obviously game three is a, is a crucial game for both sides here. And, and I think like dad said, we, we've seen a Jekyll and Hyde here. I think in order for Boston to keep, keep winning games, keep moving forward, they're going to have to keep shooting, you know, lights out or keep shooting it pretty well from, from the outside, you know, um, the outside three, three point line, because, 
game one, they shot horribly. They got beat by, you know, 11 points, you know, um, and then uh, game game two, they shot, you know, lights out. I mean, it seemed like they couldn't miss from outside. And, and it didn't matter. 23. Yeah, it didn't matter who was shooting it out there. They, they you know, were, were hitting it. So it, it uh, definitely is going to be, you know, the key because I think Boston or Milwaukee has done a very good job at, at limiting Boston's opportunities inside the paint. So I think uh, definitely going to be, uh, you know, Boston's going to have to shoot their way out of out of this mm-hmm. series if they want to keep moving on. Yeah, All right. I think Boston have to stick with some small ball. And, you know, I mean, game one wasn't really indicative of that series anyway because Tatum and Brown probably had both their worst game of the season that right. game. They're, right, they're, yeah. they're not going to string too keep many doing games that. together like that. Both so, on the same night. So that's yeah. not going to show a lot. But Boston's got to get somebody other than Al Horford to be guarding uh, Giannis, Giannis because, I mean – Giannis just made made Horford look still, like he was standing still right. multiple times. They they got to get somebody a little more athletic out there on him, mm-hmm. even if it is somebody like the defensive MVP. Uh, you know, giving up some size, but right. if he can just slow him down a little bit, because Horford just doesn't seem to be able to get the job done yeah, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So real quick, uh, you like you still like uh, Phoenix coming out of the West, fellas? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like we talked about, I, I don't think I can say enough good things about Phoenix. They seem locked in. They seem ready to go. Um, you know, I, I think that they could possibly sweep Dallas in this one the way it's going so far um, and have, you know, quite a bit of rest. And I don't know if that's good for them or bad for them mm-hmm. because I, I think that other series in the West could be going the distance. So they could be yeah. could be waiting some days or maybe even a week or so before they, they play again. And I don't know if that's – that's good for a red hot Suns team. When you're right rolling, now. I think it's bad. If you're yeah, playing right. good, I want to keep playing. Right. And right. I think it really only helps you if you're dealing with with injuries, injuries. or you know something like yeah. that. But um, but yeah, I like Phoenix out of out of the West. You know, I, I like the winner of the Memphis Golden State series. That, whoever comes out of that's going to be battle tested to the core. And <laughs> as long as they got players yeah, left, they're right? Be as, so as long as nobody's really hurt. Right. But yeah. Yeah. you know, I, I just think that. You, you, you get you get a lot of uh you get a lot of mo from that and you, you right. get a little swagger from right. winning a series like that. Yeah, so I, I think you can take that right into that next round where you know you, you sweep a team like Dallas that you're supposed to probably sweep anyway. Right. I, I don't you, I don't feel like you gather the confidence from mm-hmm. that that you you do from this, this yeah. type of right. two two three series right. that's too evenly. So matched what about teams. what about the East? I you know like I said my team was Philadelphia. I'm gonna have to rethink that probably. <laughs> um, watching. I like, you know, what Colton's saying. Celtics are playing real good. But I'll tell you what, the Heat the heat looks solid, fellas. Yeah, they they, they're playing really good ball right now. And, that, you know, like Colton said, it's it's a it's a team effort mm-hmm. on that team. You know, you don't have a that superstar really that's, you know, carrying a team. So, to me, that that's who I like maybe now at this point coming out of the East. Yeah, the, I, the, the only thing that scares me about Miami is they have the meltdown factor. That multiple times this year, they've been streaking, playing great ball. Then they'll go on a four or five game losing streak and just they, they, they go, look like go a totally different where, team. Yeah, where they just look bad. Uh-huh. And if, if that were to rear its head, that all of a sudden the team looks like the best team in, in playoff basketball, right? Could go home tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then you know, I, I, guys, I gotta go. Gotta go with the Celtics out of the East. I've been high mm-hmm. on them this second half of the season. Yes, there, you have. there has not been a hotter team in basketball right now than, than the Boston Celtics, and. I think definitely if they can get past Milwaukee here, knock off the you know the NBA champs, they got a real good shot at, at taking out you know whoever's coming out you know the Heat or the 76ers and, and advancing to the NBA Finals. All right, very good. Um, before we get out of here, no show next week. Colton's out of town all week on training. We do have real jobs, by the way, <laughs> but give you a chance maybe to catch up on some old episodes that are out there. And uh, like Matt said, you know, shoot us some of your viewer questions. Uh, let us know what you're thinking subjects you want to hear about questions you want answered you know uh if it's something we don't know we'll we'll dig for it we'll try to find it out (laughs) yeah or here i'll I'll give you a topic if you guys want to chime in we had this conversation in vegas Mm -hmm. i was talking about uh williams from uh alabama going going there with the pick (laughs) and you know i said you know i give ohio state a little half credit on that one he spent two two three years there before going to alabama for one season you know, do you think the team they played on for, for many years, I, I, I know he started Alabama. That's where, that's why he got drafted where he got drafted because the staff he put up in Bama. But I still think Ohio State deserves some credit for developing that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I know Colton disagreed. We oh, disagreed with right, that. But, right. you know, I, I just, I'd, I'd love to hear our, our viewers' take on, on that. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think on players that, that go in that transfer mode one season and done for, for their new team, mm-hmm. but were built somewhere, learned a lot from, you, you can't, like I said, you can't tell me Williams didn't learn a ton from Brian Hartline 
and wasn't able to take that and, and grow that into what he became in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll see what the viewers yeah, say we'll on that. We'll see what you think, and, you know, we, we can talk some more about that going forward. So, yeah, absolutely. Colton, you want to take care of the particulars here? Yeah, absolutely. So, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cow, Chief Rob Cow, Matt Corden. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, like Dad said, if you, you got a burning sports question and, you know, Matt threw one out there for, for our viewers or, you know, you want to hear some other topics on, on the show, we, we'd love to have some feedback from you, uh, you know, some some questions, you know, coming into the show. So you can find us over on Instagram. Our uh, handle is fired up underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook. If you search for fired up comma sports podcast, you can uh, find a little bit of information about the show on those on those different uh, social media platforms. But we also have a have a website, which is uh, www.firedup1.podbean.com. Um, you can find all of our past episodes there and, you know, just a little bit of information about the about the show. And, you know, we're on every pretty much podcast platform you can think of, Spotify, Apple, Google, Pandora. So anywhere you, you know, can listen to a podcast, you can find our show. So we'd appreciate you guys listening to us. As always, stay stay fired fired up. up.